0: welcome to another episode of artsy af podcast i'm your host andrew norris and thank you for being here this week my guest is manuel zamudio he goes by raid underscore 33 on instagram and he is creating intensely detailed hyperthermic psychedelic portraiture of the apocalypse go check him out right this instant You're gonna love it. In this episode, Manuel breaks down his story about how a powerful loss in his life sparked his creativity and his purpose to be an artist. Very inspiring stuff there. We also get into his process a little bit, some of his influences artistically and outside of painting. Just an all-around great conversation. It was great meeting you, Manuel, and hopefully our paths will cross in real life someday and this week we have a new patreon subscriber artist former guest, one of my favorite people alicia Post. you can catch her at alicia post art on instagram she's a painter a portrait artist highly skilled in rendering accurate takes of humans and animals and a mother of two so shouts to you alicia and thank you and if you dear listener would like to support this podcast Head on over to patreon.com slash rtafpodcast where you will find out how to do that. I'd like to also mention that I am dropping prints on Tuesday. That'll be tomorrow after this episode is released of my most recent painting called Central Drift. It's the black and white grayscale painting of a giant anatomically correct heart with some color aberration channel separation effects and these prints are also holographic on top of that limited edition of 25 so get your hands on them andrewnorsarts.com you can find it on that landing page there and yeah let's keep this one short and sweet let's jump right into manuel zamudio sure yeah first couple minutes off here um but yeah
1: i was listening to your podcast uh, while i was running yesterday you have a great voice
0: <laughs> really so yeah it's so yeah. weird man like um i don't think that i do i think it's not, i don't know what i don't like about it but like well that's usually how it is
1: right that's yeah yeah, is.
0: yeah yeah i'm also you know i i'm a big like consumer of podcasts too and so i think a lot of the the people who take it um you know, a few levels ser- more serious than I do. Yeah. <laughs> Went to like broadcasting school or like took some classes, but I mean that's yeah, yeah. It's yeah. definitely something I'm like open to, but uh, yeah. So Manuel Zamudio, welcome. Yes, that's Thank how you said me. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Good. That was pretty good actually. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I like to. Uh, I like to practice saying people's names that I might not be able to pronounce beforehand.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. people still can't say it even even in my hometown, so it's, it's all good.
0: Really? Because to me, yeah. it looks like it rhymes with studio. With a, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, like I easy as fuck, you know? Yeah, yeah. That just seems really...
1: That's, that's hilarious.
0: You could just... Uh, yeah, do you tell people that?
1: No, but I'm going to start doing that now.
0: Hell yeah. Sweet. <laughs> well sweet man um very nice to meet you and shouts uh works. jack sure for for introducing us and appreci- yeah
1: great guy great artist
0: yeah appreciate you taking the time today um of course man thank you yeah i want to just start off by saying huge fan of your work i only found <laughs> out about it i think it was not yesterday but tuesday when when i hit yeah. you up yeah. and uh man blows me away i i'm Thank you. I'm always amazed by portrait painters who can hone this level of detail to where you can see like pores of the skin and and just interesting yeah. expressions on people's faces and just love what you do, man. I'm I'm pretty stoked. Thank you. Thank you. Pretty stoked to have you on, and I'm sure all the listeners will will uh, love your work as well. Um, so usually, what I do is you know we'll start off kind of like with your backstory. And you can go as far back sure. as you'd like. Um, you know, back into childhood if you want, but I guess the question that I'll pose first is when did you start painting and was is there a why behind that?
1: Yeah, uh so it does go it does go back. I'm like, you know, like a lot of artists and a lot of people that uh you know that make art, it, it does go back. Uh so I'm gonna go way back okay uh, it, it does go further back yeah uh, so my family and i immigrated to the united states from mexico city right uh i was born in 1988 so this must have been like in the early 90s i was about four or five mm-hmm. and we landed in texas because it was the closest you know coming up from mexico and uh so we had to go through all that and And, you know, families, even though they come to the States and they're in the States for a while, they take a while to adapt, you know, especially mom and dad, right? Sure. Uh, So my dad's hobby uh, was painting, right? Mm -hmm. So he liked to draw and paint. And it was like a hobby, but it was a little bit higher up than a hobby because he took it fairly seriously. Yeah. And um, he was decent at it and and he did it all the time. Now, the funny thing about that is that... uh, when he painted he wouldn't let me watch so i would go to school since he would work in the evenings i would go to school and by the time i come back from elementary school he'd have like a new little painting or drawing done and i totally thought it was magic i was like this is magic right like what the hell you know (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes i would get upset because i'm like how do you do this because i want to do it and i don't know and he was the type of guy that like that was his like relaxation time. So he, he didn't want a kid to like watch over him.
0: Sure, sure, So uh,
1: so he did that for a while and, and I just was always enamored with art and, you know, he would always uh, listen to jazz music and different music like that. So that's like another thing that mixes, you know, it's all one thing.
0: Right. Right.
1: And um, so unfortunately around age 10, uh, he passed away, you know, like oh, super quickly from cancer. Yeah. So it was kind of, he was a very healthy dude. So it was like literally like six months, you know, gone. And I think a couple of months after that, um, I had already been drawing, of course. But I think a couple of months after that, I was drawing this big uh, Vegeta versus Goku drawing, right? Yeah. And I was like, and uh, it was really, it was pretty late at night, you know, it was probably like 10. And I remember having this like huge confirmation, but also like a feeling like a body high in that moment as a kid and being like, I'm going to be an artist. Like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. And I remember I got up and I went upstairs. to I, We lived in an apartment complex. I went to my friends upstairs and I knocked him like, I'm going to be an artist, dude. And he's just like, OK, you know, and I was telling my mom, like, I'm going to be an artist. So essentially, since that age of 10, since I had already been drawing, I kind of was just in my head even as a teenager in my head, like in the back of my head, I'm going to be an artist. This is who I am. It's not what I do. It's like who I am. Yeah. And ever since then, you know, I started drawing and, and it just stayed with me. It was just one of those things that always stayed with me.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's a powerful story. Yeah. Thanks. Well, you know,
1: (laughs) I guess life, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's,
0: it's one of those things where it's like maybe nothing you had control over in terms of like that feeling that arose out of it but yeah but what you did with it uh you know i mean you look at your work it looks like you've been painting since you were 10 or like making art since you were that age and yeah so do you think that like having that as an identity at that young age really did it push you did it fuel you
1: yeah i felt like i always i guess since then i always felt like i had a purpose yeah you know and uh my father was always a big guy like you know he anybody that did something great with his life he admired you know Mm -hmm. anybody from like uh king griffey jr senior and junior and uh you know miles davis you know coltrane anybody who he thought was great uh michael jordan he would always like tell me like look at what he, he did with his life or look at what she did with her life like look at that so I always, I guess that kind of stuck within me mm-hmm. and, uh, I've always felt like I had a purpose and I, that's why I always thought like, or believed, like art is what I do and I'm going to take it as far as I can, Yeah, you know? So yeah, it always drove me,
0: you know? Nice. Yeah. Um, so this next question I kind of plan to ask a little bit later in the interview, but since you... You, are, you already brought up uh, the passing of your father at such an, a young mm-hmm. age. And I—I I, both my parents are still alive, so I have no frame of re- reference for that at all. Um, but do you, do you think that like artists, to be a good artist, do you think you need to maybe not suffer, but be in touch with, with pain in some sort of way?
1: I think to be able to be good at anything, You'd have to be in touch with some sort of pain. Yeah, um, you know, at what level I don't know, but uh, it's the hero's journey. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, obviously, I didn't learn that till way later in my life, but right, right. That's a hero's journey because it teaches you, in a sense, about reality. Right? Because we're kind of very, uh, even in our everyday life, we're very. Uh, we don't think about think so deeply you know I think we're made that way right right uh but as soon as I think that if you're able to understand how difficult life is how much you could how much suffering there is as even as an individual right uh I think it fuels you to to do what you need to do
0: you know yeah yeah I totally agree um one thing I've been doing recently is kind of like I'll, I'll do prep questions the day or two days before and if one comes up that I'm that I could also answer, I try and answer it myself too, just to have something else to talk about, you know? Um, But the way I see it is kind of like, um, like you don't have, like there's a difference between like using your suffering and just suffering and destroying yourself and being hard on yourself. Right. Yeah. Like, because we all know the sort of like archetype of the, the self-destructive Creative genius or whatever, you know.
1: Correct. The famous, the yeah. famous uh, destructive. Yeah. yeah.
0: So many examples That's of nice. that, and I feel like, um, really, like if if art is out here helping you or or helping the world in any way, it can sort of teach you to integrate that that pain or, and suffering and just right. maybe transmute it or, or something like that. Something even if it's that.
1: unconsciously, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it definitely yeah a hundred percent i think that's one thing that i mean i mean this could i don't know sometimes i feel like uh society and i think not just now i think always loves that that jim morrison shit you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. he was 27 when he died yo you know what i mean yeah so it's like uh, that doesn't really work out you know no like that so it's like i learned that very young because i was so i was so into jim morrison when i was a kid Uh and then i was like i don't want that that's not that's not what i want
0: yeah 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 well that's cool that you you saw that and you were like that's not what i'm gonna do because i feel like a lot of people see that and they're like oh cool it's like a lure, yeah. you know. It's like some sort well, of at a lure. At first, I
1: was, I was like, "This is so cool," and then I was like, "Yeah, but I don't want to do it exactly like that. Yeah. I don't want to die. <laughs> no hard drugs. You yeah, know what, yeah. what I mean?" Yeah, yeah, yeah totally.
0: Yeah. Um, well, okay, let's let's pivot to something a little bit more, you know, run of the mill, I guess. Um, <laughs> um, so, oh, by the way, I wrote uh, ahead of a note like Dragon Ball Z, right? Yeah, that's. That's the shit that I was drawn when I was like in eighth grade and oh, stuff. Oh hell you know? yeah. Man. Um, yeah. If you
1: weren't, I don't know. I don't know what you were doing, you know. <laughs> right.
0: It's it's totally like the uh, you know, like just to come back to what you said about the hero's journey, it's it's that in a nutshell with like, you know, three episodes of Goku like charging up the spirit bomb. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. were you were you influenced by other other comics or other kind of cartoons at that point?
1: Yeah, the very big one. And it's funny because I was just watching a a thing on Spawn. Uh, So Todd McFarlane and Spawn, uh, because I was, you know, back back then, my first superhero ever was Batman, Spider-Man, you know, and then around the time my father's passing, I found Spawn. And uh, the detail... Is what I think influenced me to work the way I work now. Yeah, so yeah. far back, because I used to, I, I used to get every issue that would come out and replicate the cover, and I would try to replicate each cover like meticulously. Mm-hmm. And I think that stuck with me. Yeah. You know what I mean. Somehow that stuck with me. I try to detail everything as much as possible.
0: Yeah. yeah. So yeah. when you're when you're like you're going through like the the school system in in the U.S., um, did you feel like? like a weird kid or was there like a supportive kind of artsy crew that you fell into like in high school? No,
1: absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, I didn't feel weird. I mean, I was a nerd, right. Cause I was into all the nerdy shit, but sure. uh, I didn't really feel weird um, until like, I think in high school <clears throat> is when I really started meeting other people that liked art, weren't artists themselves or, or made art, but they were into like I found Alex Gray through people in high school, you know. Nice. And that was like absolutely mind blowing for me. I was like, "What the hell is this?" Uh, but as far as the school systems, no, I've I've had terrible experiences throughout uh, junior high and high school yeah. with uh, with with art school or or school uh, art-, art teachers. Sorry. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I feel like yeah. I feel like art teachers at that level are kind of bitter artists oh, yeah. who, who oh, gave yeah. up on their like dream in some way, mm-hmm. you know? And so they're unconsciously or maybe even consciously taking it out on the, on the students there. hundred percent. You know? Yeah. So did, yeah. did you go to like art school and college or were you just, or did you go to college?
1: No, I mean, I, awesome. I had a, like, you know, I had a pretty rough upbringing uh, uh-huh. in the sense of like, you know, my mother was like the one raising me, but she was also working more than a full-time job, you know? Mm -hmm. So I really, I was just like, I mean, we didn't have a vehicle. We lived in an apartment, you know what I mean? And I was uh, like, I was just kind of like, there's no future for me in schooling. I'm like, I can't even afford a car to go to school, you know, like, uh, and I, and I kind of, and I'm not saying that was right, but that was just kind of what, what was in my mind at that point. So I was like, I'm just going to try to educate myself as much as i can on my own uh because one you know i felt like a lot of the stuff that the school was teaching me was just a waste of time like i'm sure all of us did at that age right yeah sure and i was like i'm going to try to educate myself as, mu- as much as i can so uh you know i would borrow books and i would i would steal books from barnes and nobles and stuff like that philosophy books art books uh books uh terrence mckenna books you know what i mean uh nice and i kind of just kind of like taught myself a lot of different little nuggets of of good things through that uh but no i, I didn't i didn't go to school just because like i just felt like i have no future in that like um i was like and even I'm like and i don't think art is there i was just like i'm just gonna try to figure things out on my own So I kind of, I've just been like that my whole life, kind of just figuring things out on my own.
0: That's dope. Yeah. That's really inspiring. Um, I, you know, I went to, I was kind of forced to go to college and take out loans before I knew what the hell that even was going to do to my life. Um, you can, now you can hear the bitterness in my voice. Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh, really quick. My wife has her uh, arts degree and she feels the same way.
0: Yeah. You do. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I didn't even go for art, you know, and that's what I do now, like, full-time. I went for... Well, I didn't know what I was going for because I was just kind of... They were like, you need to go to college. I was like, okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then I got there and was just like, I guess psychology is interesting, and got that, and then...
1: Which it is. It really is.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I... You know, I'm of two minds about it. It's like, on one hand, it was cool to have the college experience i guess and sort of like round out myself socially and 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 all that but at the same i
1: I wish i would have had that i wish i would have had
0: that yeah, yeah yeah at the same time i you know i feel like i didn't have a purpose until i was you know 26 when i actually started taking paint to a canvas like off of the like uh like sketch pad paper and onto a canvas and Which then, is great to yeah. have a purpose, right? It's, it's just, so it's important. Changes. It's important, yeah. So, we're, yeah. so okay. So you finish high school, and you're mm-hmm.
1: no didn't finish. Dropped out of high school.
0: Okay, awesome. Another mistake. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm over here assuming uh, all this shit about school for you, and uh,
1: no, no, no. You're good. You're good. You're good.
0: I didn't know how to say it, but like the the high school chapter came to a close. Yeah. Um. And so what are you, what are you doing after that? Are you, are you still painting? Cause I feel like those years are so formative for, for a lot of people.
1: Th- that's when I started painting actually. Okay. Uh, right, right at, at, what would have been senior year. I dropped out, uh, right before I finished, you know, cause I was listening to a lot of Rage Against the Machine and stuff, you know, and fuck everything. Yeah. I was just <laughs> like, nah, fuck this. And, uh, you know, reading Nietzsche and listening to Rage Against the Machine at that age it's like ah, it's too much right <laughs> yeah. so I, dro- I dropped out yeah. right when I, I shouldn't have dropped out and then I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna paint and I had no idea how to paint mind you my pops didn't teach me how to paint right he, I just he just painted right right so I busted out his old easel and uh I looked at the pa- his dried up oil paints and I was like all right well let's see what I can do I went to uh michaels and bought like canvas and and i just kind of messed around with that stuff and i started realizing that i was going to need more money because you know at that age fresh out of high school i had no money right and i was like i have to figure this out this is a funny story uh which is right in that same time period Mm -hmm. so i used to uh i used to have a homie of mine who didn't go to school he was older but he lived in my friend's neighborhood and uh he uh sold weed right he sold he sold a uh, dro and this is like maybe like 2004 maybe or 2006 maybe around there okay and uh, his name was lucky sweetest drug dealer ever <laughs> just a sweetheart nice and he was like a gangster dude super sweet and you know I, he would always invite me inside and i'd get to meet his family and hang out and then i remember he was like so what do you want to do with your life now that you got out of school and i'm like well i, I want to be an artist you know that's what i want to do and I was like, I just don't have any money. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to figure it out. And he's like, well, I believe in you, dude. I believe in you. And like, he goes inside, he comes back outside and he gives me $350. And he goes, nice. I believe in you so much. He was like, go buy your your stuff, right? So obviously I was ecstatic and I thanked him. And, you know, I made him a painting later to thank him, but I went and bought the material. And after that, uh, I just literally f- tried to figure out, I think for like painting with oils, it took about 5 to i don't think i got good at painting till like 3 years ago 4 years ago maybe you know what i mean it took that long for me to figure out yeah what the hell to do with paint yeah. but that's when i started and i just didn't stop throughout that time period
0: yeah yeah i definitely know what yeah. you mean like i look back at my work from you know 7 8 years ago and i'm like mm you know i'm just like "Mm, yeah cringe yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i think this is yeah this is a topic that comes up like a fair bit on this podcast like if you if you don't look back in the past at some point and like look at your work and kind of you know you you can appreciate the time you spent making it but you've got to you can't hold it in high regard like you did at the time oh, you were making it you know <laughs> no no
1: i i've learned that you shouldn't hold anything in high regard yeah uh, like i'll look back at paintings from two paintings ago and i'm like nope 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 i usually ha- i have them hanging um uh around the my my living room uh so i could look at them mm-hmm. so i look at them every day when i pass by and i'm like nope 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 and i it's like notes and notes and notes so like my thing is is always like don't hold anything at a high regard because eventually you're like that high is so it's so little. Yeah, yeah. the high of like I did it. So it, like it's better not to feel like that at all and just it's work, 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 work,
0: work. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, you could actually just look at every painting as like a step up a giant mountain that never 100%. ends. You know?
1: Yeah, it never ends.
0: It never ends. Yeah.
1: I told a, a, a friend of mine who's also a painter a couple of days ago she was asking me for advice and i told her like uh just like i said now don't don't look at it as a painting as a single achievement mm-hmm. and when you look at a painting that you do like that you did think of what you're going to do in 10 paintings from now right. so always look into the future not not just like the not just right now you know yeah
0: do you, do you feel yeah. like these paintings from the past have sort of stacked up in terms of not not in terms of like value judgement but like it's like you're dropping uh drops in a bucket to like fill it up to this point are you using things that you learned a painting ago on your newest painting and then so on and so forth
1: yeah especially like with the earlier paintings when i didn't know what the hell i was doing i would just pick up like the brightest colors and i'd be like all right (laughs) and uh those that palette i guess that palette i was using then has formed and stuck with me um in some ways now because i still use very uh, vibrant colors yeah so i was able to kind of go into it and and look into like how to make it work i guess i guess they always stuck with me. yeah
0: yeah yeah um did you have any other besides your your father and then uh lucky is i'd kind of consider lucky this did you have any other mentors along the way
1: so, after I got through the whole... So, yeah, to continue kind of the story. So, painting, right? Right after high school, trying to figure out how to oil paint. And then, like, in 2012, I came across a magazine called Juxtapo, right? Yeah, yeah. And I had never seen any any art like that. Mind you, the only artist in my mind back then was, like, Alex Gray and, like, some of the visual painters. Uh, you know, I didn't know too much about anything else. Mm-hmm. So... I, I forgot where I was but I, I picked up uh, the cover has David Cho on it right nice. so I picked it up and I was just like what you I was like what do you mean I was like there's <laughs> people now making art in their own way like this right. completely blew my mind right yeah. so and then I found high fructose magazine shortly after that mm-hmm. and and I noticed that like people were and 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 during that time period I was also getting into hip-hop so nice. i kind of linked everything to graffiti because of the what was a lot in those magazines revoke was in those magazines a lot of other artists were in the magazines so as i kept as i kind of like went into hip-hop i started meeting mcs and djs and b-boys right shout out to my homie evolve uh, he's a he's another mentor of mine he's an mc and he nice. kind of introduced me to like uh you know the hip-hop world
0: you said his and name. and then i started meeting the. sorry the his name was evolve okay Nice. evolve yeah. yeah
1: and uh so he kind of introduced me to that and then I I got introduced to like graffiti people you know writers yeah uh I got ho- I got hooked up with a crew EOS crew and uh which is ma- majority of brothers right and I met up a lot of other writers as well in my in, locally so this is 2013 maybe 2014 and through them a lot of these guys are street street dudes, strictly street dudes, right? Mm-hmm. And they were able to help me, like, low lights, highlights, shadowing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, blending of colors, you know, color palette, you know, use a teal, use a pink, use a teal, use a yellow, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what's your color palette for Tay? What what do you, cans you need? And all that really, that was really when it structured me into saying, like, this is something that is real. Mm-hmm. It's not just a dream. I could make it happen, and I think there's this sort of like line I could try to follow, you know? And so a lot of those guys were mentors to me, you know, and, and, uh, they helped me out a lot, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I think spray painting is, I mean, it's almost the polar opposite of, of oil painting in a lot of ways in terms of yeah. how it's like applied to the surface and just the whole culture around uh, the two, you know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, I do see like this, this connection where like, <laughs> You know, on the spray painting side, it's, like, opaque and flat, and you really learn how to kind of place color in, and value in the right spot. Yeah. And then, like, oil paint, you're blending all the, like, a lot of times you're blending all those together to make, yeah. to, like, form a shape, right? But I can see how they could influence the two. It's so like you have your gradient on the spray paint side, correct? And then yeah. you have like, you know, you really <laughs> yeah. have to like with spray paint. It seems like you really have to know where to put your values, and but you can simplify it in this way. That's like, yeah. Oh, we'll just put a swatch of like a darker orange here, and then a lighter orange here, and it correct. You start yeah. making the shape. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what question I really have out of that, other than uh. Well, like,
1: let me well, let me tell you this. That yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that spray paint spray painting taught me how to oil paint because of everything you just said okay so a, a, a friend of mine in the crew Cirque uh, shout out to my homie Cirque and he was just like hey dude why don't you just oil paint like you spray paint and that was another moment of where I was like oh shit maybe yeah, I should yeah. try to do that and even till now like if you look at my paintings there's always like three or four of the same gradient kind of not necessary place that like you would on a, on, with spray paint but almost yeah so I, I i always keep that in mind you know and that well that helped me simplify enough to, to push it to paintbrush
0: nice um uh, so yeah. i'm gonna share the screen here real quick i want to take a look at your paintings i got your website pulled up uh can you yeah. see it yeah yeah I see. okay sweet yeah so so i'm also noticing like the graffiti and near like in all of them pretty much um, yeah which I guess is a—it's kind of like a shout out to your crew and the fact that you were involved in that, or probably still are involved in that world.
1: Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, um,
0: oh, sorry, we can't—we can't, we can't oh, see ahead, each other's ahead. faces, so I gave you kind of the yeah. nod to go ahead, but um, yeah. So, like, I—I I notice in a lot of these, there's like, like, kind of this thermal imaging, just like really cool yeah. lighting and colors. Yeah. Um obviously that's on purpose. Is there definitely is it just because it looks cool or is there something else there? Uh
1: so really quick, if you want to look at more of my recent work, you can go to my Instagram. I'm still I'm gonna update this in the in the next maybe I think hopefully a month or two for what is my it? upcoming it's, solo show. It's risk raid, raid
0: R A I D underscore thirty-three.
1: Underscore thirty-three.
0: <laughs> it brought up a uh, wasp stuff yeah, wasp it <laughs> still brought it up oh there you are um
1: so yeah these are these are more of the of the recent paintings but as far as far as like uh the colors um uh, i think i've i've always wanted to do something kind of like the visuals in like a sci-fi movie yeah you know something very blade runner you know was, uh I love all that, you know, even in Alien, even though there wasn't bright colors, there was still like a color palette. Right. So I really wanted to, even even a movie that's not sci-fi, like, uh, what is that? The uh, Heat, you know, Heat with De Niro. Yeah. and yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very like a, a noir, bit, bit, bit Neo color palette. So that always, it stuck in my head and I was like, I think I'm going to try to follow that. Because you can tell a story also with color, not just the person's face
0: absolutely you know
1: so uh yeah it stuck with me because of that
0: yeah yeah here here's a video of you uh just time-lapsing this painting now this is in this is for anthony Hurd's gallery right yeah. yeah yeah yeah. nice i really yeah i love that piece um thank you thank and you. i saw that you sold it so congratulations on that
1: thank you yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm glad it's going to go home
0: oh yeah Yeah. So that material that she's kind of like, it looks like she's wearing maybe, is that the, uh, I can't think of the name, but it's that kind of silver, uh, it's kind of
1: like a thermal blanket. Thermal
0: blanket. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of going towards now messing with materials and, and, you know, putting them on people and it gives, it makes things a little bit more difficult, but it makes things more interesting, you know, which I love.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you also mentioned that, um, You kind of mentioned, uh, influences from, from movies and stuff too. Yeah. Um, do you have any other influences? Like you're picking color palettes, maybe not based directly on a movie, but just having that sort of like aesthetic in mind where you, Mm -hmm. where you take a scene and you, you chop it up into palettes and like values. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Do you are you influenced by anything else outside of outside of art, like uh, oh yeah, movies, books, music, that kind of thing?
1: Um, I think the big one, and I think uh, you'll see this. So I think what I uh, I'm very I'm influenced a lot by uh, the psychedelic culture, psychedelic experiences, yeah. um, and I think that you can kind of see that in my work, mixed with the graffiti. It's kind of, you can kind of see it. Yeah, I think that uh, another big influence of mine, because uh, I, 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 like I said, I think it's all correlated. It's like, uh, you know, uh, Terrence McKenna, his brother Dennis McKenna, you know, especially growing up, really showed me a lot of things. Whether McKenna was right at the time or not, it's just yeah, the yeah. fact that he would speak and, and these beautiful words. And his this whole rap was incredible, right? Oh, yeah. So, uh Jeremy Narby, which is an anthropologist, you know Alex Gray, so that the psychedelic culture really influenced, you know, me, and it still does, you know, all the time. I'm still reading books, uh, you know, and still listening to talks with maps, and you know all that because I think it's very important. Nice, Uh, but yeah, that was a really big influence that I think people don't see right away. Mm. That's the psychedelic influence. Is it's a big thing.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of times when people think about psychedelic art, they're like. Oh, you mean like uh mandalas with bright colors and the flower of life and like yeah. and like things like that and you have su- you're like you know, you're at such a skill level with the rendering of your portraits. It even though you're using these like kind of like inverse color palettes and like just yeah. really interesting just range of colors there. I I think like you're probably, you know, like people are like over not overlooking it because like you're being looked at by the right people but it just i don't know i don't know what that is it's weird because yeah like you were saying everything's interconnected and when we sort of like chop things up and categorize them it, it you know it kind of funnels people into these little rivulets or streams (laughs) and it's like kind of like hurting livestock or something and they're oh psychedelic collectors yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean you know it means this or or you know fine art means this and um yeah i i find your work psychedelic for sure i mean i I look at it and, and that's part of the appeal for me because you you've blended that kind of psychedelic aesthetic with like just you you can tell your skills are super refined and that you've worked at it for a long time. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, So speaking of psychedelics, did you have Mm -hmm. um, a peak experience at some point? Um, And do you, do you use them as, as a tool to help with your paintings or, uh
1: I did I had multiple experiences uh in my teenage years with uh, Mescaline. You know, uh I found out about Mescaline through uh the teachings of Don Juan. Yeah. And I live in South Texas, so right. the book was written around this area. And as soon as I found that out, I went to uh airwood.com at in my high school, right? Because uh-huh. it was this was this is a while back, right? Yeah. And I was like, where does peyote come from? And I looked it up and it's like uh, you know. Uh, Rio Grande right yeah which is like about an hour and a half away from the city I'm in nice which is McAllen and uh, so we took my friends Tahoe uh, and I think we were 16 me and my other friend uh, my friend Abraham shout out to Abraham we're still friends and we went we we rode out there right Mm -hmm. we didn't have driver's license we just went and I was like it's here like you know it has to be here we're gonna find it and we're looking 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 long story short Uh, we ended up at this uh, Native American dude's house who sold peyote, like, for his churches, right? Yeah. So I went over there and I started sleeping around and he came out with a gun. (laughs) And he was like, what do you want, you know, in Spanish? And he was like, what do you want? What do you need? And he looked really... I wish I I could have painted him. You know, he had, like... Uh, instead of like having all his uh, jewelry on, it was all tattooed on him. So it was really cool.
0: Wow! Nice. And
1: he came out, and I was like, "Hey, I, you know, I speak Spanish." I was like, "Hey, you know, I'm just looking for, for peyote. I'm looking for mescalito. I heard about mescalito." And he wasn't nicer, but he kind of understood what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he just gave us a sack full of uh, peyote buttons, <laughs> and uh, we know from there. I, a couple of days later, I had a a peak experience where it kind of like it let me get in touch with like the passing of my father. Let me get in touch with like uh, life is not really what it seems like at all. In almost every level, uh, right. things are much deeper and much more complicated. Yeah. So just try to enjoy life now. Yeah, yeah. And I had a few of those experiences uh, throughout those years, and you know they've always stayed with me. You know, yeah. always, 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 always stayed with me. Always been very important. That's my church is what I tell my wife, you know, I'm like that, that was church
0: for me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So wait, how old were you when you went out to this, this guy's house? I was 16. Wow. I was 16. Nice. Yeah. And wait, was that your first psychedelic <laughs> experience from those buttons or had you? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, but by then I was, we were just smoking a lot of like uh, a lot of pot, but yeah, yeah. I had never had something like that, you
0: know? Dang. And, yeah. I've actually never tried peyote itself. I've, I've tried San Pedro a handful of times. I've always
1: wanted to try San Pedro. Yeah.
0: yeah. Speaking of airwood, that's how I, I like learn to, you know, chop it yeah. up and blend it and cook it down. Same, same, same.
1: <laughs> and it, it's, you can find one of my early drawings on airwood, by the way.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. I'll look it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So are you, are you still using any kind of psychedelics like at the easel or is that too much? No.
1: Uh, I've never, I've never been able to be that guy. I w- sometimes I wish I could, uh, yeah. just because I have to. Everything, everything that you see on the canvas is like extremely calculated for me. Yeah, I really have to like calculate everything that's gonna happen. Uh, so I think that I wouldn't be able to enjoy the high or enjoy to use it. Uh, but I'm sure there's a way to figure that out. But as far as uh, using psychedelics lately, not as much anymore. Uh, but just because I think I haven't let the opportunities arise.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but the literature is still with me all the time. Yeah. All the time, all the time, all the time.
0: Yeah. yeah. I want to pivot back to your paintings. And yeah. let's talk about your process. Um, sure. I'm just curious as, as to how you go about this. To me, it looks like, are these are these people in your life that you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. I think that's what makes it really potent in this way well oh, yeah thank you do you know what i mean like it's because you <laughs> yeah. know this person you can kind of paint paint their face a little bit deeper than if it were just some face you found on the internet um, correct yeah yeah so are you are you taking yeah. photos of them or are you having them sit for you or how's that working
1: so i'll uh, uh it, you know it depends if they're their close friends uh you know we don't really have to schedule anything it happens when it happens but if they're if they're friends, but they're not, you know, the kind of distant friends, we'll schedule something. I'll have them come into to my little studio, my little room,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I'll set up lighting, different color lights. And then with my iPhone, uh, I'll just go ahead and take the photos, you know, and uh, I'll ask them for what I need, which I'm getting better at. I think uh, the element in my painting that I, that I need to develop more than anything is my photography and my uh, shaping of the models as far as, like, asking them what to give me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, I, you know... I. I kind of get the photos from them. Uh, after the session's over, usually the way I work, I'll go for like a long run, a couple of miles. And uh, every time when I take a break or something like that, I'll, I'll look at the at a photo and then I'll I'll run and then I'll try to imagine what I can do with a photo. Sometimes the photo is so powerful in my eyes that it's already like I know exactly what to do.
0: It's dialed in. Uh,
1: but once I figure out what to do, um, you know, I'll, I'll buy a panel, I'll sand it, prep it, do all that. And then I'll just start drawing with a, uh, it's a blue transfer pencil that erases even with like a little bit of saliva. So yeah. you'll see none of that with paint over it, which I love. Right. So I'll go ahead and, and draw it out. And then from there, uh, just, uh, I don't really do any underpaintings. Um, I never really taught myself that. So I'll, I do, uh, a technique, which I just learned what it's called, uh, I think it's called window shading. And it's an older technique mm-hmm. that really isn't used too much where you render everything like a printer, in a sense.
0: Gotcha. So I, I from render top every to
1: section from top to bottom or from back to, for- to front. Yeah, yeah. And everything's rendered all at once. Nice. So I think it's a little bit more stressful because sometimes I can't let things dry like a portrait, like a face. Mm. I'll try to knock out a face in one day. So that could be like a 12 to 13 hour day yeah, of yeah. just rendering just a face and leap. That way it doesn't look patchy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of a simple, I think process,
0: you Yeah. Know, just, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty sweet. I've never, uh, so like, I'm, I'm not that good with oil. So when you're talking about this process of like rendering a face to, to the final form that you take it, i just I, i'm like wait a second wouldn't you have to let it dry to like do another layer or whatever
1: yeah it's all one layer yeah all everything's everything is one layer so it's a- uh, ex- i mean except for like the layer of hair when mm-hmm. it comes to hair i'll do like two layers yeah you know the underpainting and then the actual strands of hair
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it's i guess technically it's like a la prima also or maybe not just i one- guess so yeah yeah <laughs> like (laughs) nice um let's see so yeah do you feel like the running helps you kind of i don't know how to say it would it would it help you like generate ideas or or lock in to ideas or maybe learn yeah you feel like it's all kind of a flow like that
1: it's yeah it's all i think it's uh it's, it's, it's part of the thing you know, it's, it's completely necessary. Um, you know, like I paint full time. So when I'm painting them, I mean, you sit down, man, for like four or five, six, seven hours, even more 10, 12, 12 hours. Right. Mm-hmm. So like every day I try to go running for maybe like an hour and a half, um, sometimes in between paint sessions so I could give myself a break. But as far as like the idea making for me, I'm assuming that the endorphins and the running and the music. Um, or sometimes the book or the podcast just really solidifies uh, the idea. And this is something I tell people and and, uh, as far as artists, that I feel like the running helps me stay in a creative idea mode all the time. Mm -hmm. So like I don't shut it off and I'm sure like a lot of painters never shut it off either or artists, like they don't shut it off. You're always in that mode of like, in a creative mode where like you can open yourself up and pull an idea and you can look at it and mess with it and then maybe put it back in the, in storage for later. And running does that for me. So usually I have three or four paintings coming, um, behind the one I'm essentially working on and running really helps me visualize all that and story. I don't even know if that makes sense, but running is very essential for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, That makes sense to me. Like, you know, there's, Plenty of research on exercise and and like cardio and the, this concept of like neurogenesis, where like yeah, exercise and cardio basically generate more neurons in your brain and make more connections between them. And, oh wow! And yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think that that's that's yeah, that's perfect. It aligns perfectly. Yeah, with,
1: very psychedelic. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because you're like <laughs> it's like breath work or something. You know, it's like yeah. some yeah. weird sort of. Breathwork thing. um So you're running for an hour and a half. That's so long, man. I yeah yeah. (laughs) I cannot do that. This is
1: necessary. (laughs) I I run for like
0: ten minutes, um and I'm like, yeah, that's that's good. It
1: it takes a while though. It it took me a few years to be able to to build kind of like to build it up.
0: Yeah. Does that get hard on your knees? I know we're way out of the art zone right now.
1: Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, That that my time compared to last year's has slowed down by like a minute and a half in Mm -hmm. general. Mm -hmm. And I'm, but it's like uh, consciously trying to slow down my knees and make sure like I don't slip or, you know, or anything like that, you know, nice. I'm 33. So I'm, I mean, I'm not old, I'm not young, but you know, I just want to be careful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I just turned 36 and, uh, I swear there's like every three years I feel like a difference. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. and like my abil- my physical yeah. abilities and, and yeah. you know we'll I'll go on a hike and I'll be like man that was a that was a big day you <laughs> know come home <and laughs> just like I did want to lay down for a second um yeah. what is your biggest fear as it relates to being an artist
1: being normal nice uh, painting uh and there's nothing wrong with this right nothing at all but I think my fear in general with life is being normal. But when it comes to being to, as an artist is uh, to be stuck painting landscapes or beaches or yeah. skies or something mundane. Um, just something or just like maybe, I don't know, I don't know, doing something with my art that I don't want to do, you know, because I've been there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I've been I painted murals to make money for the last two years for businesses. I don't do it anymore. I'm done with that. Uh, but I hated it. And I was like, this is, I'm living my worst fear. I'm, you know, um, I'm, I'm not going to be this guy, you Yeah. Know? So I just got out as soon as possible.
0: Yeah. So do you take commissions then? Or
1: yeah, uh, I take commissions and, you know, I sell prints, uh, a lot, a lot of my prints, a lot of my supporters were local when it comes to prints and nice. I'm moving into like, uh, redoing my website and starting my shop up and, and doing stuff like that. Uh, but commissions and the paintings have been selling well enough to where, like, I'm okay. My wife also, like, you know, it's kind of our dream, you know, for this. So she went to school, and we both love the same artists, and we've gotten to meet artists that we love and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she's told me, she's like, you know what, I'll, I'll take care of things. I'll help you out. She's like, just work, 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 work. And it's funny because my wife went to school, got her fine arts degree, but she's a real estate agent now, and she loves that more. You know, and she's <laughs> like, art school's not for me. She's yeah. like, they don't, You know, forget all that. Uh, but without her i couldn't I couldn't be doing what what I love and uh so it's just a balancing act, you know what I mean of trying to keep everything together. but I'd rather do this than going back to working a full time job as a manager at a retail place like I used to be
0: absolutely
1: know? no way, yeah,
0: yeah, that's grinding to the soul
1: a hundred percent
0: yeah, yeah um. Yeah, it's so crucial to have someone in your in your corner like that. A hundred percent. I think yeah. a lot of artists. I know this is how it went for me, but like a lot of artists start out being like, "I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be an artist. I'm gonna make it." And then like four or five years into it, you're like, "Oh, I'm a business. I'm a business."
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. Yeah, yeah. In the past year, in this past year, and and
0: like if you don't have, e- like either the interest, the time or like someone helping you out, it's easy to fall in to the trap of seeing the, of like pretending that you're not a business or like, yeah. you know what I mean? And, uh, and yeah, I just, you know, it's always nice to highlight that for anyone listening. It's like, definitely. It's good to, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I think that like the work is the primary, you know, priority, I guess. But, you also have to have some kind of business savvy and uh, planning things like this. And you said it right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I am basically saying this from a point of view of like, don't do what I did. You know, don't just kind of (laughs) be like, I'm painting something and hopefully it'll sell, you know? Yeah. You can, you can do what you want. You know, everybody out there live your life. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, do which
1: one? Do which one? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I I agree. I think there's there, like there's certain paths for everybody,
0: mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And
1: on I mean, and I would say like the path that we're on, you do have to look at it as business. Right. Uh, you do have to, and I think I, a lot of my friends or a few of my friends locally that did go to art school, they tell me that they didn't learn anything about business, uh, being a businessman as a business person,
0: you That's know, so as an insane. artist
1: and. Which is bananas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so they asked me for advice and I'm like, look, you know, try this, try that, uh, you know, look for, look for your collectors, your collector base or, you know, find out which gallery works for you. Because not every gallery is the same for every artist. And so mm-hmm. uh, Make sure you sell prints, editions, and all that. And that's because I'm learning, you know, little by little. I, I feel like I'm still a baby when it comes to the art game itself. Uh, same. And uh, it's just... Uh, that's a big part you said it right it's a it's a big part the business aspect is is a big part
0: so how are you getting your your work out there um, what's your what's your kind of mo are you are have you hit up galleries or did they just find you or are you going to art fairs
1: so uh, uh, I guess the story behind that is that you know in 2019 in the middle of 2019 I lost my job my, the company that I work with you know, it was uh, was not doing well. So I lost my job. I couldn't find a job uh, during that time period here. So I, my wife and I were like, just go full time, right? I'll start painting full time. And, uh, you know, I, that's when I started kind of rend- uh, focusing my skills on what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. So about a, about a year later, almost a year later, uh, I started, well, no, well, during that time period, I started uh, applying to different galleries you know, little galleries just to get into a group show and a group show here and a group show there, not big galleries. And I noticed that the galleries would give me good reviews and, you know, I didn't have problems getting into the galleries. So uh, my wife was like, okay, so go after the big ones, you know? And I'm like, no way. There's no way. Like, nope. So what she did uh, is that she grabbed all my work and sent it to High Fructose to apply to like, uh, what, what would you like, uh, I, I had something like Editor's Pick or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And they picked me, which is completely mind-blowing. They gave me like a little spot on their social media and their website, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, so then I, I got a little bit more courage during that time period. So I applied to the Luz de Jesus uh, group show. Mm-hmm. And then I applied to Arc Enemies group show. Uh, and I got in to both of them, which in March of 2020, right before the pandemic mm-hmm. hit. So I decided to go to the Luz de Jesus show and I flew out to L.A. And it was a great experience. I got to meet the director of the gallery. I got to meet other artists. To, and it was a great experience. Um, and, you know, I didn't know what, what I was going to do after that. Um, but I had ideas. Like, my dream goal was always to show with Think Space and to show with galleries like that. And so when I was there for the Luce Hussu show, the day after the, the opening, I got an Instagram thing that said uh, Think Space gallery started following you whatever i was like dude that's awesome you know that's great but it was just like it's awesome that's great so i came back home from the trip to la and maybe like a month later two months later uh Thinkspace had this whole thing called the happy place contest and it was like a contest for artists uh that were unknown during the pandemic to like highlight their stuff or whatever right so again i was just like i'm not gonna that's stupid i'm not gonna do it you know no way And I think I entered it maybe like 15 minutes before it closed. So it's like midnight in Texas or something like that. Yeah. So I applied for it. And then yesterday, uh, the day after, uh, I was having uh, a couple of beers with some friends um, and I just got the notifications and it kind of, things basically changed my life, right? At that moment of just posting, like, he's going to work with us. So instead of giving me like a, a, like a, a shout out and like a little, a little like show of like four or five pieces. They decided to give me a a solo show in their small room. Uh, And uh, they teamed me up with super a and kind of directed me on how to do things from there. And uh, they changed my life, man. They changed my life and in every way in the art world possible. Yeah. So after working with them, I just started working with different, bigger galleries and, and, you know, just kind of, it's kind of going from there.
0: Nice. Did that experience kind of open your eyes up to what the art world uh, yeah. is? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I felt like I didn't know shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, what is this? And <laughs> I still, I still feel like I don't know much, but Right. I know more than I did back then a year and a half ago. Uh, but it showed me how big the art world is,
0: right you know and,
1: and how powerful it is, and everything like that, you know it's not just how good you are at your work, right, it's everything else as well,
0: you know? yeah, 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 I feel like I've had a couple of those like eye opening experiences like one was was art basil going out down to Art basil and just seeing seeing what that is and the just yeah. the amazing just beast that that is you know like uh yeah that was really impressive um so 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 like speaking of the art world is there what is kind of like a brutal fact that you've learned about the world of art without you know taking any shots at um, at anyone
1: i really haven't really had bad experiences but i will say this um Collectors are great, uh, but to the artists listening out there, even even if they buy a lot of your work and they're patrons and you have a good relationship, don't let them tell you what to do. One hundred percent. And uh, another thing is, um, if you see that a gallery wants to back you and you see that they're good people, you know, stay with them, learn from them. You know, uh, really try to grow with them. Yeah. Um, And then another thing I've learned is that the art world is so big that uh, sometimes no matter how good you are technically, um, you know, you have to learn everything else that comes with it. And that was a big thing for me because I was like, I'm going to be so good. And it's my is still like that. I want to be so good that they can't turn me away yeah but sometimes like you need to learn everything else, you know like like the business aspect of it who to talk to, who not to talk to, when to sell, when not to sell, mm-hmm. who to sell to, you know, and all that stuff, yeah. So, yeah,
0: yeah, there's so many ins and outs, and it can feel like a chess game sometimes,
1: yeah, a hundred uh, yeah, yep, <laughs> nice, it definitely is a chess game, yeah,
0: nice, it's so like without uh without any kind of like false modesty I want like a a really honest answer here what what painter or artist would you like to be compared to oh
1: man that's a hard one yeah Um, I'll tell you I I don't know if I have like a great answer to that but wait who I want to be compared to now like with, with what I do now or who would I want to be like in the future
0: either one (laughs) <laughs> I mean I I think like maybe I don't know this I don't want to get into the like territory of like legacy cuz I think that that's you know kind of a ghost that can yeah. be detrimental to chase or whatever but mm. like if if that wasn't a factor you know if if someone came upon your work that you respected in the art world and said oh you look like this and you were like well ultimate compliment thank you or you remind me of of this painter from any age alive or dead like who would who would you want Um, or who do you think that it it kind of
1: I feel like I mean damn that's hard Uh, (laughs) somebody that I do admire a lot and um, I think that I would love for anybody would be like hey do you know this guy or have you shown this guy before or oh you're showing this guy congratulations would be Willie Wallace oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I think that his ideas and his uh technicality is incredible his yeah. color palettes everything he does is incredible and uh i feel like if anybody would ever even though we don't paint the same but i would want to i look up to him as a as a painter as an artist you know uh, his discipline and, and where he his, where he's going
0: yeah. you know his
1: trajectory and all that so I, that's what, there's a lot of them but that's one of them that comes to mind
0: nice um so, yeah, I wanted to get back to your work. I'm going to share the screen again. Usually I just do yeah. one one screen. Sh- this is going to be hard to say. Screen share session. There we go. That's all But uh, I wanted to ask you kind of, you know, you mentioned the hero's journey earlier. Um, yeah. Are there any kind of allegorical or like psychological narrative things going on in your paintings? Like what what is your, what, how are you framing these in terms of, a story, if at all, if they're being framed as a story at all.
1: I think, I think there is a loose, a loose story, mm-hmm. uh, starting with the, the show at ThinkSpace that I had last year. And it's, it's very apocalyptic and yeah. post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Uh, the first show that I had was called, uh, Sunsense and the Apocalypse. And that was kind of like people maybe at the midst of this event that was changing who they are as people and changes society <laughs> Mm-hmm. um that's kind of like the big kind of story arc, and the next show will be revolved around that but the 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 story with the individual is that each individual is having a moment you know whether it be of anxiety whether it be of sadness or shock uh, t- uh terror uh silliness but they're having a moment in that world where the world is falling apart and they're in that world having these moments you know that that one second of that feeling, you know? And uh, I deal a lot with anxiety in my personal life. And mm-hmm. I feel that you can see that in the, in the people's uh, people's eye, in their eyes and, and how they pose. So I think that that's, that's kind of like a lot of the, the, the symbolism in it, you know, the, uh, the symbolism also the, you know, life is hard, it's hard to live, you know, life is suffering kind of, kind of thing. And okay. I try to contrast that with the bright colors
0: you yeah, know yeah, so it's like a,
1: sad, it's a it's a darkness and a sadness in these paintings but there's the brightness that kind of contrast it
0: yeah it's kind of like a comic tragedy or a tragic yes. comedy however yeah. you want to look at it yeah yeah, yeah. super cool stuff yeah. man I, I really really Thank dig you, it Thank you. um so we can wrap up here uh is there let me get back to zoom I guess I am on zoom yeah Hey, look, I know how to use technology. Uh, Do you have any, what are your kind of like dreams for the future or, or goals or plans from, from here on out?
1: I think uh, I would like to keep making a living with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I have no ideals for, for of grandeur when it comes to like legacy and like, you know, uh, make a million dollars or half a million dollars. I I really, what I would want is just to have longevity to be able to do this till The day I die. Yeah. Make good money. What, what everybody, everybody's idea of good money is different, but you yeah, know, make good money out of it and keep showing with my heroes, keep meeting them, keep getting better, keep getting better at what I do. And, uh, to be able to really be able to bring to life what I see in, in my head to really be able to, To to I guess like get get good enough to where I can tell the stories that I want to tell. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's essentially that's it. Just keep working. I I just want to keep working. That's
0: it. (laughs) That's inspiring. That's inspiring, man. I guess we will stop there because that's just like the perfect note. Um, I really appreciate your time and well and. No,
1: I appreciate you, man. Thank you.
0: Yeah, your work is dope. Everybody, go check him out at raid underscore 33 on instagram and manuel zamudio studio
1: yeah <laughs> there you go uh and i will be having uh my next solo show with think space february of 2022 so
0: check that out oh dope nice you know i've been meaning to come out to la for a while i haven't been out there since like 2018 or something so maybe yeah. i'll drop in I thought I was going to go to Jack's show too, but I didn't end up making it happen. Uh, COVID. Well, hopefully
1: we can, (laughs) we can meet up out there or something.
0: Yeah. It'd be awesome to meet in person. Well, thank you again, man. And uh, thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you, man. Thank you again for listening to another episode of RTAF Podcast. If you are interested in supporting the Patreon, that address is patreon.com RTAF Podcast. And I want to thank all my patrons. You guys keep this engine running. I couldn't do it without you. Go over there and check out the tiers I have available. It includes video, uh, guest suggestions, uh, patron only posts and some merchandise thank you again for listening please rate review subscribe do all those little things that help get rtaf into the consciousness of more and more people yeah